Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Taking Care of Business. This week we've got Saima on, who's the co-founder and owner of Cheeky Monkeys, which is my personal lifeline in Dubai with two young children in terms of how to occupy them in the, well, all year round really, but especially this time of year in, in the summer heat. So welcome. Thank, Thank you, you so for, much. For it's such a board. pleasure to be here. Thank I've you. got lots of good questions to ask you, but Great. if we start from start, I guess. So when, when Cheeky Monkeys was established, the reason behind it and really the starting point for the Cheeky Monkeys journey. Okay. Well, uh, now looking back, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. So you, you, everyone tends to be the hero of their own narrative, but I think I'm a classic accidental entrepreneur. And I really feel that um, as a woman who is has had uh, some success in an emerging growth market, I feel that I was just primarily a lot of it is, um, there's a saying I love that, which is uh, luck is when opportunity meets um, preparation. Yeah. So I feel that I was at the right place at the right time, but I was always prepared to try something different, try something new and put myself out there. And at that time, when I started Cheeky Monkeys, I was a second generational mom. And what I mean by that is I have uh, two sets of kids that have a 17 year age difference. And as a mother, I was struggling with uh, keeping up with the new age yummy mummies and dealing with uh, iPads and technology. And and I had never had that experience with my first set of kids. So it became very abundantly clear to me that uh, kids nowadays play very differently than they did perhaps if I could take the liberty to say at our generation or our time. Yeah, five years ago now. for me. Eight, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, five years ago for you. And I was like, wow, you know, I know there's an age gap between my two sets of kids, but this is uh, this is a new world uh, where you put a baby on a high chair with uh, a bottle or some food and you put the iPad next to the child and now that's considered normal. And I, it just didn't set well with me. Well, I was going to say that because you don't see any iPads or screens in Cheeky Monkeys. So unofficially, I'm the crusader for the anti-iPad movement. I don't know if anybody knows that's what's going on. (laughs) But, you know, there was a time when old-fashioned play was just so beautiful and wholesome where, you know, you could open up your um, front yard and your kids could just play in the garden and run across the street to the neighbors and, you know, sell lemonade on the corner stand and come home exhausted and pass out and you had a carefree existence. And nowadays, I do understand that, you know, with technology, everyone's more vigilant and we have to be careful. And at the end of the day, you're moving to new countries and you're a little bit more careful. But I, I wanted to create a town center that was very reminiscent to how I grew up in Canada. And I grew up in basically North America and Los Angeles, where you knew your neighbors yeah. and you could uh, play with kids and just exchange names and trust and play with each other. And I felt that increasingly that was not evident, not primarily just in this region, anywhere in the world. It just wasn't happening anymore. And I wanted to create an area where there was no socioeconomical difference between the children. It should be something accessible. You don't have to have a a nanny. You can have a hands-on mother or you can have a babysitter or a grandmother or a dad bring you in and kids could just be kids and parents could just bond on being parents. Nothing more or less. And you know, we were just talking off camera and that kind of what you've just said there described what I said about my little boy who goes to Cheeky Monkeys and the Ranches. And I was just saying to you, he goes on the football pitch and for two or three hours, he's disappeared then. He'll play with any other kid that, that goes in there yeah. and he'll have the time of his life just, just playing football with them. So uh, that's kind of your concept coming to, to real life through, I, through my so experience. I'm so happy to hear that because the underlying concept of Cheeky Monkeys is actually the Montessori concept. Montessori 
uh, concept is that children learn in groups and children actually learn better when they're with kids that are a little bit older than them and a little bit younger than them. And then sensory, sensory integration is critical. So with what appears to be a simple happy parent that's telling me that the child just went into the soccer pitch and started playing with other kids, my lights are going on and I'm thrilled because I'm thinking, oh, he's, he's learning intersocial skills. He's learning to be personable. He's learning to share. He's doing sensory motor yeah. repetition. All of this is really critical. And as we are realizing now with the results of a full generation that was raised with screens and iPads and, and enhancements that nowadays you're seeing more and more adults that don't necessarily have those skills that are that strong. And it all starts in the first eight years of life. That's it. So you're going to have to forgive me because this is an incredibly ignorant comment I'm about to make. I never realized so much thought went into like any soft play area. But now is it even as you're speaking, I can see, okay, well, that's why they have the, the shop environments. And that's why you have the, the, the art and craft section where you can do painting or, or make models. And it's not just about giving the kids something to do, which is good. Yes. But there's, there's a lot more thought than that. The, people don't realize it Absolutely. goes behind. So first of all, you are forgiven and we can we can yeah. still be friends. We can still hang out. <laughs> and secondly, I, I, absolutely, this is what makes it so exciting and this is where the passion kicks in. Um, and I think it goes back to even from a business or entrepreneurial point of view, there is validity and merit in following your passion. So I've always, I, I define myself as being a mother. I love children. I love community. I love my girlfriends. And I, I'm very fortunate that I was able to take all my passions together and put it into a business. And yeah, you if you think about it, at the early stages, children have also learning um, anxiety a little bit and separation anxiety. And their foundation rock is usually the parent. So if you put mommy or daddy in the center of the facility and they're within eye distance of the child, the child then has the confidence to move around and then again, integrate with other children, learn how to share, et cetera. But what you're not realizing is that they're actually learning to the early stages of getting ready to go to nursery. So I think Cheeky Monkeys plays a really critical part in that process. So a lot of our facilities are also set up colorful, like a child's, like a nursery as yeah. well. So when the child enters school, it's, there's a lot of familiarity that kicks in. So we have, thank you for saying that. And I, I, yes, put a lot of thought into the colors, the schematics, the location, um, everything uh, we, we think about it. And we take a lot of advice from early um, childhood, like education experts, but I think the biggest expert on the planet is a mother. Yep. Intuitively, she knows what's right for her child. So we're, we really have what I jokingly call the mommy mafia. And they got to love me. They're and strong. They're <laughs> strong. <laughs> and uh, we do take on board. A, and so many little tweaks that I've done in the business has just been a wonderful mother who's got three kids who's just grabbed me in one of the locations and says, listen, you need to think about doing A, B, or C, or why don't you guys do X, Y, and Z? Yep. And we implement it, and immediately the customer experience goes up exponentially. Well, I'm going to skip a few questions just because of, of something you've highlighted in terms of the research you do, in terms of when you're when you're designing the layout. So, how how do you go about picking a location and picking where you want to be? So, you know how they say in real estate, everything is location, location, yeah. location. I mean, to quite a large extent, absolutely that's true. But it goes back to the intuitiveness of uh, of what you think is important for your brand. So personally speaking, and I'm sure there's a lot of real estate experts such as yourself who may disagree with me, but the first and foremost thing I look for is actually sunlight. Yep. To me, the energy of the sunlight is so important, especially in um, locations where there's extreme weather. And our children are being deprived from just natural sunlight often. Yep. 
So it usually starts from I need some sort of a you know large window for the ceiling or a sunroom or something. And that intuitively leans me into the location. Secondly, if you actually follow the journey and the life, uh, the day in the life of a two-year-old, <laughs> which is a lot of fun, I'm sure, for most moms, you realize that a baby, a child, a toddler can't sit in a car for more than 15 to 20 minutes before they start throwing things and having a tantrum, or, which is really disastrous for a mom's schedule, is fall asleep and you're on the way yeah, to a yeah. family lunch or a birthday party. I find the sweet spot is 15 to 20 minutes in the car, anything more than that, and usually the child gets agitated or falls asleep or your schedule gets a little yeah. messed up. So we try to pick locations that are either 20 to 30 minutes away from each other. That doesn't bother me if there's two cheeky monkeys that are 20 to yeah. 30 minutes away or 20 to 30 minutes maximum away from a really nice neighborhood, a family neighborhood. So those are my two kind of key yeah. points, sunlight and a 20 minute drive. I actually try to stay away from the overly congested, um, glamorous shopping centers. I think a, a, what I call, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is politically correct, but like a nice secondary location yep. works for me. I think mom wants to, mom, dad wants to just park, get in, have a great experience. Trust me, after two hours, your child is exhausted. You want to put them back in the car and go home and have a nice hour <laughs> to yourself while they're while they're napping or something. And do you know what? Yeah. It's true. And it, it's something we've talked of quite a bit is the increased suburbanization of Dubai. Yes. Because going back 13 years ago, when you guys opened, Dubai was such a yes. smaller... We're talking about your uh, the, the, the cheeky monkeys in the ranches. Yes. 13 years ago, on scheme wasn't like it is today, a series of nice flyovers and, and everything else. So Yes. But the point I've come to, I don't think parents want to go to big malls to take the kids to a soft play, really. They it's want, they want a community-based yes. location. I feel it's stressful. And then the byproduct of a community-based location, and I can say this as my own personal experience is, um, so with my second set of kids, uh, when I started Cheeky Monkeys, my daughter was two and my son was three. So by default, I was also patroning my own yeah. play areas. And the core group of friends that I have made through the experience of just coincidentally bumping into the same group of moms every Thursday afternoon, not that I planned it because I didn't know them. The patterns started yeah. to overlap. To this day, I have some great friends and now we consider them like family that we actually met at the cafeteria at a Cheeky yeah. Monkeys or someone would come up to me and say, oh, your child's always playing with my child this afternoon. You know, we're having my, my son or my daughter's birthday next week. Would you, can you send your child? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a testament to the fact that people crave community and people want a sense of belonging and people are friendly and people are nice and, and the, the walls, the barriers are not that high yeah. and, and that's how friendships are made. So it really means a lot to me when, I, when I, I've witnessed it and I see it happening again and again. So yeah, when it's easy, the idea is I want a mom or a dad or anyone to feel that they can come two or three times a week. It won't be something that will break your pocket. It will be a worthwhile experience and hopefully your child works, walks away with it with a very nourishing educational experience. Well, I think, again, from personal experience, it ticks all the boxes Thank you. so far for, for me and my wife and, and our kids anyway. Thank you. So on location, have you ever got it wrong? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I got it wrong. I got it off. Yeah. You know, there, there's some places where you just think, ah, oh, this is going to be a slam dunk. This just makes so much sense. And for some reason, it doesn't. And I think what I'm learning, which is also interesting, is Dubai is like no other business case study in the world. And the reason I say that is that we have a convergence of cultures. So um, I grew up, I was born in London, 
and I was raised in Canada and then migrated to the United States. So in London, we felt like immigrants. In Canada, we were told to, it's a, a blending, a melting pot. So everyone was told just blend, doesn't matter where you're from. In America, everyone said, keep your ethnicity and you can be, for example, for myself, I'm a Pakistani American. In Canada, I'm a Canadian. In England, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant. So I think that, you know, certain places you get the knack and the hang of the culture, the mentality and how yeah. you, could be, you could be kind of viewed. Dubai breaks all molds, all, all theories, yeah. blows it out of the window. I love it. It's a convergence of cultures. And, and I think when you have that, there is a learning curve for even somebody who's in business, as I'm sure there was for you when your family, when you migrated here. Yeah. Right. There's always that learning curve of, oh, I didn't realize that this is culturally acceptable or normal or absolutely fine to do. So I, I, I enjoy that and I find the opportunities there. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. It's one of the, the, the big things that my wife, Catherine, and I are so thrilled about, about the kids growing up in Dubai is this, as you really nicely put it, this convergence of cultures, because the kids are just exposed to, to so much that they wouldn't be in, in Manchester in the, Absolutely. the UK. And then we don't even realize that through the years, their tolerance level, uh, their adaptability, their agility becomes so increasingly high. And this is a, a subject I'm very passionate about, which is education. And sadly, education, the origins of education was developed from the Prussian system, a Prussian state between Poland and Russia. Education was a conformed way of thought and lifestyle to basically confine young minds to tell them when to sit, when to stand, when to go to the bathroom, and when to eat. And the objective being they would grow up and serve the state or the church. And so we have actually inherited a lot of that. So as we become more progressive, and as you can see now, we have, um, you know, we have uh, civil, uh, what is it called, citizen journalism. I can just get on my Instagram, and I can just tell everybody about an incident I saw happening, and I could implode online, and I can make an impact in somebody's life we now have so many methodologies yeah. of learning. And I think it's important that we put our children in these environments right from day one, agility, adaptability, tolerance, learning, unlearning, and relearning. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> I feel like a school teacher right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I've, I've not heard that before in terms of where the education system stem from. So it's, uh, it's an interesting point to learn. Um, obviously I've said a couple of times about my kids going to Cheeky Monkeys. And we've said in the in the, the podcast episodes that we've had previously about the population growth and how the city's so busy and, and everything else. So do you guys see that as well with lots of other people's kids Absolutely. coming to Cheeky Monkeys? And Absolutely. I am so grateful. I have been in this beautiful region for 20 years. And the way the, 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 the strategy and the pragmatic approach, the gentle and the kind and the humane approach of how this region has grown to tolerate you will not see, I think, any other country in the world that's approximately 50 years old that has gone literally from, I don't want to say zero because it sounds like there was nothing yeah. here and that's not true, but in terms of like symbolically making a point. We got the concept. You know, yeah, zero context, to 100, yeah. right? It's it's pretty amazing to see uh, any economy, world economy that's developed this rapidly, this nicely, this tolerantly, this kindly without huge episodes of debates happening. Uh, they've really done the full 360. So yeah, as a byproduct, I think we're the 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 gold award or the 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 the, the you know high five, <laughs> for lack of a better description goes is the way that they manage COVID. Yeah, and it was done with so much thought and again I use the word humanity because of the full definition of the word humanity to actually think about what are people going through, what are the 
illogical fears? What are the logical fears? I remember one um, uh, statement I'd heard on the radio, I think it was a finance minister who said to everybody, I want everyone, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm probably not giving credit to the right person, but the, the, the statement that the government made was everyone should stay relaxed and calm and uh, not worry about provisions, not worry about medicine. We have plenty. We have plenty for everybody, and nobody who's going to be living in this region will go without provisions. And meanwhile, the rest of the world, uh, people are collecting toilet roll and abstract con idea things because there's, there's a, a mayhem happening. And uh, the side joke is that I also went to the grocery store thinking I need to collect stuff. And being a, a bit of a Dubai girl who's used to all this fresh produce and plenty and abundance, I didn't even know what to pick up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what am I supposed to collect? You know, because we don't, we think in a place of abundance. Yeah. We don't think in hoarding and scarcity. So uh, during that, those initial three weeks, and if people were in Dubai, you'll remember them. If you weren't, it, although we didn't know it'd be three weeks at the time, there was an initial three-week period where we even had to get to go uh, to get a permit to go grocery shopping. Yes. So, what was your thoughts in that time when the whole of Dubai was on lockdown? Yes. You had to get a permit to leave to to go to the shops buy a loaf of bread. So obviously the the cheeky monkey centers closed, like yes. every business did. But yes. what was going through your mind? So uh, to be perfectly candid with you, that was an interesting time in our lives because that was the year that we had decided as and I have shareholders and a, a board and. Uh, you know, have a lot of people that I need to keep happy. And we had decided that this is a great time to, before the pandemic, yeah. of course, let's go big or go home. Kind of, let's yeah. just expand. Let's go crazy. Uh, oh, my God, I wish I had a crystal ball. Yeah. Not not the right time. So we'd entered into leases and made commitments and said, this is going to be fantastic. And then literally within 72 hours, you just start just seeing like closing of yeah. airports and closing of malls and then schools and everything and you get that heavy feeling in your stomach that you know intuitively perhaps our decision wasn't the best this one. This is going to be heavy, so, yeah. But that that's, you know, you uh, I guess the life, the day of the life of an entrepreneur, right? And uh, so it, it was a it was very daunting, I'll be very honest with you. And there was no no governing body or no source that one could go to to get any right statistics or consensus or any advice. It You had so many alternative theories and uh, of what was going to happen next. And you're looking at all these different economies and some shut down a lot later. And then you thought, oh, well, maybe it isn't a big deal. And others closed immediately. And you, I don't I don't think anybody had the answer. No, they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, we'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. And the world has never had such a, a um, like, concerted effort from governments around the world yes. to close borders, to stop travel, to suspend businesses and, and everything else. So uh, nobody could write a book or, or give a guideline on it because- Absolutely. And you know, like I was saying to you earlier when we were chatting was that, you know, like if you go to just uh, have a business consultant or have, a, you know, or go to like business school, of, of course they teach you how to do a P&L and how to do projections. And, you know, if you're gonna be in an emerging growth economy or something that's a little bit more risky, think about the geopolitical, think about the currency, think about commodities, think about this. But and I, don't think anybody can look back and now tell me, oh, but we also learned to think about pandemics. You know, we also factored that into our our provisions. I, I really don't think anybody did. So this was a new experience for everyone yep. across the board. What I found fascinating as just a, a, a bystander in all of this was how much innovation and pivots took place in other industries around me. And I was envious. 
I was like, how can I recreate a soft play running around slides? We're the antithesis of social distancing. We're the yeah. antithesis of staying home. We're the antithesis of, to be perfectly honest with you, even a little bit of germs. You know, back in my day, a little bit of germs yeah, was is good also for good for you. you. Yeah. It would build your immunity. And I'm now the, um, from being like the, the the perfect mommy ambassador to this great concept, the antithesis of it. Like yeah. the, everything she represents is exactly what was provoking fear in everybody. So I went, I went from zero to hundred or hundred to zero. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but we came out of it and he, Dubai's come out of it and yes. the, the city's thriving. And I would also say there's more competition than ever before for Cheeky Monkeys these days. Yes. And again, that's just living through it as a parent yes. of young children myself. Yes. and the amount of notifications Absolutely. you get or new places opening up or, or one thing or another. So how do you guys stay ahead of the competition? So I read something a long time ago that just stuck with me so much. And it, it's, it's become one of my principal rules of my, maybe my version of atomic habits, which is research is resistance. So a part of me lives in this happy place in my mind, which is my imagination. And I feel that as long as I enjoy what I do, and I wake up every morning thinking is, you know, I have a, a certain number of customer base, 50 people, 200 people that I should know. I should know their kids' names. I should know what's important to them. And I feel I come from a world of plenty. There's abundance. There is room for everybody in every capacity. Uh, competition, bring it on. It keeps everybody's bar high. Yeah. It keeps our skill set strong. Um, Definitely there's peer-to-peer learning. We would like to consider ourselves peers. I do. I'm yeah. friends with a lot of my quote-unquote competitors. And um, I think the overall quality of life, we elevate each other. I genuinely, genuinely believe that. And at the end of the day, I have so many great friends who love Cheeky Monkeys, but sometimes just from a convenience point of view, can't necessarily come to my facility. Makes me still happy that their children have a place to run around and play around and stuff like that. So the world is, you know, what are we now at? nine billion or 10 billion people. In the I, I honestly lose track. It's yeah. really crazy, yeah. right? So there, there, is a, there is abundance and there is still so many corners of the world that would benefit from having sanctuaries that are clean, safe, that children can play. And if I get to be a part of that happy narrative, I'm thrilled. Wow, what a really good answer. <laughs> Thank but you. But I guess we're the same in, in some ways in terms of uh, we welcome competition as well. Just for that fact that you said it, it, drives, you, it drives your own standards. If you're out there and you're just number one and the only place people went to, it's quite easy to switch off, become complacent, let things slip here or there, not innovate and try and do, do things differently. So Absolutely. it's a really refreshing way for people to look at business because I don't think a lot of people do, do look at it like that. So yeah, it, it's well, a good I way guess, to be. You know, um, I'm, I'm a big believer of the neuroscience of happiness. And uh, they say that, you know, change your thoughts, change your life. And it's really as simple as that for anybody. The minute you start changing your thoughts, and the hence why I made reference to I live in my imagination, because if you've heard the voices in my head, you may be really worried about, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the woman who's running the player <laughs> that your my children goes to. Them. Exactly. Yeah. But the voices in my head tell me great stories every single day. Amazing. <laughs> Don't be scared. No, I'd love to. <laughs> I just trying to imagine what they, it what the they might be. <laughs> Good. We've got a quick fire five questions Ooh. to finish up on, okay. if that's okay. So the first one is, what's the goal for your business in the next year? Or what's the goal for Cheeky Monkeys in the next year? So the goal now is uh, world dominance by play. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to grow. I'd like to grow our footprint. I'd, I, I'd like to become more integrated with the way children are moving forward. So I would like to use my platform as another form of education 
one thing that I feel and I'm very passionate about, traditionally back in the day, and I, I can't tell you exactly when, there were subjects called moral science and character development. And uh, I grew up in Canada, and despite my personal family religious beliefs, I went to Catholic schools. Morality was discussed. It was not uncool to talk about this is right and this is wrong, and there's consequences as a result of it. So maybe what I'm saying is maybe a little controversial, but I would like to use the play areas and what we have to reintroduce and make morality okay and cool again, that there are consequences for yeah. when you're not nice and being nice and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. So my vision is definitely a bigger footprint because I'm, at the end of the day, a business person and I, I enjoy entrepreneurship. But at the same time, I want us to challenge the word impact and there's so many ways that we can make such profound impact. And if this is my little bubble in my corner, then I want when those kids come in and out for those four or five or six years, I really want to leave a footprint impact on them in terms of. Well, I love the sound of that. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing Thank you. seeing some of those Thank those you. impacts coming in. In terms of footprint, just the, would you stay in the UAE or are you looking further afield? So as of now, we are in um, four different countries and we are growing exponentially, Quite to be quite honest with you, in other underserved markets. So that's exciting. That's always very exciting. But there's a big learning curve because yep. every region is different. So you have to learn again, like, you know, tax and laws and, and insurance yep. and stuff like that. But yes, to answer your question, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited that hopefully this brand will take me to places that I've only dreamed of. Well, I'm... I'm sure it will. And again, just from talking to you today and reference some ignorant comment before, I'm sure it will because of the thought that goes into soft play. And I, I, not soft play, sorry, the thought that goes into Cheeky Monkeys and the Thank thought you. that you put behind all your centers and the way they lay out and the learning activities and, and what more you want to do. So Thank you. I'm sure you will have um, a lot more success with and it. And I'm sure you will have more children. I, I don't. I hope not. <laughs> that will really help me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I shouldn't say I hope not. It's nothing against my kids, but I'm looking forward to a different stage in life. <laughs> okay, the next one might be a bit hard because I feel like this question is almost like asking you to choose a favorite child. But what's your favorite cheeky monkey's location? That's such a if tough you can one. answer it. That's such a tough one. So you know, I'm that classic mother because in 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 reality, I have four children. So you know, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I'm sure a lot of moms can. So when you're alone with each child, you tell each child. That, you're my baby and you're my favorite. And I, I just knew that you always had this in you. You were a little bit more special. So there's this really great song um, in this musical Matilda where they, they, all these kids are in the playground and they talk about, my mommy says I'm special, so I'm special. <laughs> so I basically have that same psychological kind of warfare that happens with all my branches and my locations. So I go into each branch and I'm like, this is my favorite yeah. branch. You guys are <laughs> the best team. I love you guys. And then I'll go to the next one and I'll do that. So. You sound like that's what our um, our chairman is like, Gary Allsop. He really? walks to every desk in the office, and he'll go, "Dream team, yeah. How are you getting on today? Yeah. <laughs> like, so that like everybody gets that little golden yeah. star from me. Yes, the best. <laughs> I just hope they don't meet at the annual Christmas party. Yeah, it's not. I guess. The next one. What's the most remarkable moment or moments in the last thirteen years? So I never get enough of getting random uh, voice notes or videos of children, now this is the dark side, having little breakdowns because they're craving cheeky monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll get these parents who will send me videos of their kid in a car and then they're I'm gonna go cheeky monkeys or <laughs> screaming as they're exiting and it just makes me feel so good. Well, I'll send you some. Yeah. That, you know? 
<laughs> that after two hours of all that jazz, they're still keen on going back. So to me, that's the feel good factor. Yeah. You know, that what, what is that saying that what sparks joy in your life? It does. It sparks yeah. joy in my life when I see that. I guess I, I, to bring it back to, to real estate, I guess a lot of our agents can probably relate to that in terms of when they move people or families into homes. And it's that joy that, that people have in their new home or their new environment. That's and very that's, well said. But that's one of the, if you talk to the guys, that's one of the, it's one of the highlights of their job yeah. is, is that feeling of when someone's moved into a house and or an apartment and, and they're, they're happy with it. And satisfaction. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, it's a sanctuary, whether you're purchasing your family home, it's, it's a very sacred place. You're, you, this is a place where you will eat, you will sleep, you will pray, you will uh, bring probably your closest group of friends together. So there's a lot of synergy with that mentality, yeah. obviously what we offer. Okay. Fourth question. What is your favorite activity at Cheeky Monkeys? <laughs> so I still never get enough of two things. We have two slides. I don't know if everyone knows this, but I take a great deal of interest in designing the play areas. So we have the fast slide. Yep. And then we have the medium slide. We don't have a slow slide, in my opinion. And just a few of the experts who go to Cheeky Monkeys knows which one's a fast slide, but every location has two different degrees of slides. So needless to say, I like the fast slide. The second part that I love the most, the absolute most, is the arts and crafts. Yeah. Uh, even though we're technically soft play, the heartbeat of the business is soft play. I just love the idea, and this was something that I was very passionate about, that just have an unlimited, free-flowing, no-cost arts and crafts area that kids can come and scribble and color and stuff like that. So we've started a new concept that I'm really excited about, every location now I'm inserting an arts and crafts teacher huh. and there will be no fee for this and she will get the kids together and talk about color blocking, color coordinating, primary colors, tracing, staying within the lines, staying outside of the lines, what does that mean? Things like that. So that's something I'm really looking forward to because our value proposition is still a word that I'm very passionate about which is edutainment. So while we're educating the kids, they're being entertained and so that's something that is very very exciting for me. no it is and uh, the kids i think even kids realize sometimes they need some downtime Absolutely. so you see the kids they'll get in there they'll run around and then after an hour or so they'll go and sit and do some coloring because it just lets them have a little rest as well and, and focus focus the mind differently my most frustrating part about cheeky monkeys okay. is the sign above the trampolines that says no adults <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard sorry. to watch them running and jumping up and yeah, down and you, you just want to join in <laughs> Okay, final question. And actually, this is a good one because you, you've been here for 20 years, like you say. If you could live anywhere in Dubai, where would it be? Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, that, cha that answer changes so, so often because when you actually start understanding the, the layout of Dubai, you realize there's a lot of secret hidden gems that people overlook. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, growing, growing up in California, Santa Monica, the first answer would be obviously the beach and the water and you know yeah. so that would lead you to the palm and all these great places which is beautiful um it's fantastic the energy is great there but uh i then i find sometimes this high-rise living is so convenient and, and uh, luxurious and you can lock your key and you can go for three months and a lot of us like to do extended travel yeah. living in this region so that becomes very appealing but lately i uh have realized the sweetness in living in a local neighborhood it's uh very unlike, I think, any experience most people would have. And the type of friendships that I've cultivated and my children have cultivated 
is something that I hold a great deal of value for. And remember, at the end of the day, the population here of the Indigenous local community is small. So an opportunity to meet with them, have coffee with them, be friends with them is still something I very, very value and very much relish in because that's when so much of the learning comes in where I really appreciate how there's so much value in family, tradition, taking time to stop and see each other. So for me now, it's probably the more of the established local neighborhoods that kind of don't make sense sometimes when you're driving through yeah. them, but you see the wisdom in it. Oh, it's like any city in the world though, isn't it? If you go into a, a new suburb or a new area, all the streets do look the same. Yes. You get lost in a maze and you don't really know what, what's going on. I, I, I guess that's yes. the same for everywhere. Absolutely. But I, I, I resonate with what you're saying in your answer. It does change. And I, if you'd asked me or anyone in this room over the last 10 years, because it, it depends on your stage of life as well, like how young your kids are, if you've Absolutely. got kids, if you're younger and you want to be on the party scene a bit more, if you want you, like we live in a, a great community now and they, they, it's a bit like what you were saying, how childhood used to be in, in other parts of the world where your front doors open and the kids just run out and, and go on the streets. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. I do really appreciate how when a Dubai does launch a master plan community, how they seem to be getting better and better at it. Just when you think they've really perfected the formula and I'm really blessed because I get to work with a lot of developers and we get to go in and see the master plans before they've even kind of broken ground or they're near completion. And you see, wow, they have given thought to everything. And I don't think there's a community in the world that does that. I mean, now we're talking not only schools and hospitals, infirmaries, medical emergencies, convenience stores, but they're giving a lot of thought to, uh, again, going back to convergence of cultures. Some cultures have situations where elderly people live with them, in-laws come and stay with them, extended family stays with them. These new master plan communities have thought deep and long about all of this This types of lifestyles that could actually take place here and they've addressed it. Yeah, it's pretty I, amazing. I couldn't agree more. And we're the same when we see new developments come out and we actually, um, we started a few months ago at an Allsop and Allsop running club, oh. which is, uh, it's, it's good because we fitness and exercise together and what have you, but we try and pick different locations, different communities each week. So it's good for us as well because we get to see all these different developments and as soon as a new development it's quite sad really hands over we're, we're excited okay we can go and run in, in this development but running around the parks of some of them is incredible and going back to the kids the facilities the kids have in these parks is unbelievable it's insane it, it, truly dubai can give your child a utopic childhood yeah and i think if i can extend utopia for my children for a little bit longer why wouldn't i do that eventually we're going to all see the real big one. bad yeah. world out there right but if i can do that and give them this you know because we get sometimes criticized the bubble the bubble the bubble is the best thing that could ever have happened to the blessed people that get to live in this part of the world definitely in yeah. dubai i agree thank you so much for this conversation and i'm not just saying this but we, we do go to cheeky monkeys a lot but i'll do so with a even more so and with more of a, an appreciation now of all the, the thought and the, the reasoning and, and all the philosophies and the values that you put into the places. Because honestly, I didn't realize, and I hope a lot of people watch, because I, I, I don't mean this in a, I, I don't, don't say this in the wrong way, but I, probably a lot of people don't realize what goes into it, but they keep going back like we do. So the work you're doing has an effect. People just don't know, Thank that, you. Don't know the, Thank the thought that, that's going I mean, into I the effect. I think we're living in a time now where maybe we're not necessarily questioning too much and we kind of go with the flow. So yeah. even like, subliminal programming what our children are listening to do we really stop sometimes and go into it yes or no you know we're just so thank you for the opportunity yeah. to be able to have this platform and and tell everybody hey guys just 
I need your attention for five yeah. minutes. I need to tell you why we have this and why we're so excited about it. So thank you. Well, no, it's fascinating. For the invitation. Thank you again. Thank you, uh, everyone who's tuned in this week. As always, if you've got uh, any questions for myself or for Simon, then please, uh, please let us know. Drop us a comment, um, like, subscribe, follow as usual, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much.